You are now tuned in to the Profit Link Up. Welcome to the Profit Link Up, your community connection to small businesses in the Memphis area. I'm John and I'm your host today. And our guest today is Shelby Jewell Tucker from Shelby Jewell. Welcome, Shelby. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. So <laughs> glad to have you on board. Well, tell me a little bit about Shelby Jewell. So Shelby Jewell um, is a labor of love. <laughs> it is a women's clothing and accessory shop. Um, and it's very much based off of um, kind of my style. Very clean, very um, neutral, simple, versatile, staple wardrobes. Um type of deal. And, uh, it came out of my home four okay. years ago. Wow. We were online for three years. Um, and then I moved it to a temporary storefront pop-up to see how would it be if people came to see it in person? Cause I felt like I had all of these beautiful things that no one could see in person, you right. know, to be able to, um, experience it. And, um, well, from then on, we decided to do a permanent storefront. So that's how Shelby Jewel was kind of born. Well, fantastic. Well, tell me, how did you know to make the transition or know that it was time to make the transition even from online to pop-up? Sure. Um, you know, I think it was just really a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. I had been, you know, I had built it very organically in my home, um, doing as much as I can. Um, and... I basically outgrew my home. It went from okay. my office to the guest bedroom that no one could use. <laughs> no one could stay with us. To we had this big game room bonus room. Um, and my entire inventory took that up. And wow. so from there, and then just kind of seeing when I applied to the Saddle Creek pop-up, um, I didn't really think twice about about it. Um, one of my friends had done it. Um, and she just, you know, sent it to me. I did it because in the midst of all that, my husband was signing his lease for his new shop. Wow. So I, my mindset was not on my shop. I thought I would just work from home and then go work at his shop. Sure. You know, half it up. Um, but then they got back to me and I was like, and, and I was talking to my mother-in-law and my husband about it and they were like, well, we might as well just do both of y'all. So let's just go in and goodness. And the the great thing is that it, it was temporary. It's mm-hmm. it was six months, um, low low cost, um, not a lot of overhead with that opportunity. And I thought it was just the perfect opportunity to see if it worked in person. And with the pop up, how much of that was set up for you? How much did you have to set up from scratch? I mean, was it, did they provide any sort of POS for you already ready to go or? So I already had my POS cause okay. I did a lot of, I did a lot of like pop-ups at events and okay. vendors and luckily, you know, there's, um, with, with so many platforms out there, they make it so easy now for, right. for businesses. But the store was already set up for retail which was great. It was beautiful. It was clean. It was from, you know, a prior, um, company taking just a hiatus from that location. Cause they ended up coming back and, um, it was, <laughs> I'll tell you how easy it was. Okay. We signed the lease. And I think a week and a day later, 
I was open for business. Really? Now it took some all day <laughs> setups. I was say, there's some but, yeah, it took some all day setups, but um, I already had a system going on at home. Okay. Uh, with inventory, setting it up, getting it in there, and um, you know, the city of Germantown worked so quickly to be able to get me, you know, sign permits or whatever occupancy things mm-hmm. I needed. My insurance person was so quick, you know, like it all just kind of came together um, really well. So it was, it was a, it was a seamless thing. Saddle Creek was wonderful to work with. Everybody just seemed very excited for me to be able to get in there. So we all did what we could to do it very quickly before the holidays. Well, I suspect you're very organized too. You talked, you talked to me about uh, how you have an accounting major, uh, yes. accounting degree <laughs> yeah. uh, from the university of Memphis, as well as a, a minor in marketing on there, which are uh interesting uh, combinations yes uh, and, and uh, really shows through in your personality how does that show through in your inventory um so oh gosh we have a system of i'm because i am you know i did accounting so organization is big for me um i don't think i could open my own company for organization but um i like to make sure that things are just put in place we want to know exactly what um what we have what the customer is asking for, because that builds on our credibility. You know, if we say we have a small and we don't, right? automatically our customer's like, well, I wonder if I ask for something else or what if they don't have it? And then they, you know, that trust can sometimes just start going down. So for sure. me, we have to make sure that um, everything is organized category-wise, um, color-wise. We have to make sure that we have all of our SKUs and everything. Um, and it just helps all of us be able to communicate uh, the same and be able, all of us can be on the same page, whether they went on a trip for a week, they're going to know exactly where everything is, what's new, you know, what has been put out. We have that system set up for that. Well, it's interesting to me too how you got your start in this industry. Uh, and there, why don't you tell our listeners uh, what what uh, what got you steered this direction and, and what the evolution of Shelby Jewel was? Yeah, I started as a fashion blogger in college, kind of before blogging was really a thing. You know, ten wow. years ago, whatever. Um, and I remember always telling people, "I'm a student and I'm a fashion blogger," and they'd be like, "What is that?" <laughs> <laughs> What does that even mean? And um, An influencer before people influ- knew what to title. Wait, yeah, about. influencer wasn't even a word. It was not on the radar. Um, and so having to explain that, and I kind of picked up that fire for fashion through college. Um, I was a big, you know, I had some style icons that really just kind of infiltrated into my, you know, into my passions, and that led me to be able to find the gift, I guess, that I was given. And so I was blogging for a while. Um, and obviously being a business school, I love business. I loved right. learning about it. Um, it feels just enlightening and I loved it. And so blogging wasn't really, I think, fulfilling um, or fueling the fire as much as I really wanted to. So I needed to figure out, like, I wanted to be able to showcase my style, but how can I like, what's another way I can bring it to, to people. And for me, um, being able to work at a local boutique to figure out if that's what I wanted to do, how is the process? How am I able to bring pieces that I find to people? And it ended up that I wasn't even there at that shop for a year before I opened Shelby Jewel Online. Um, You know, there are just things that feel really right and are just laid on your heart. And that just, I really felt that it was my calling in that season of my life. 
That's phenomenal. Well, you talked about some uh, style icons that, that yes. influenced you and infiltrated uh, infiltrated into the way that uh, you choose items. Who are some of those style icons? They definitely have evolved. <laughs> um, you know, in college, Lauren Conrad was basically my muse. It was she was the inspiration that got me started into fashion, and I kind of started finding a a bit uh, more influencers in that way, but. Um, you know, I was also 19 years old. Sure. Now I'm 28 turning 29. So those have definitely evolved. Um, so coming into almost my 30s, um, Kate Middleton is huge for me. Okay. Um, there's a blogger slash fashion designer slash owner of a business now named Julia Brolsheimer. Um, she has quite a last name. Okay. Um, I'm actually... I'm actually wearing one of her pieces from her, really? <laughs> from her brand. Um, she's a huge cool. one for me as well. Um, and, it, and for our listeners, it, it's worth noting that, uh, <laughs> that Shelby's got a terrific sense of style herself. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, it's definitely one of my more vibrant colored pieces, but it's really fun. But so those that have very sleek styles, um, you know, there's femininity in, in them, but there's also, you know, as you grow, your style icons will definitely evolve. Your sure. fashion sense will evolve. So um, those are kind of the the top two right now in my. So how much of your inventory is a reflection of you and how much of it is dictated by the market and and, uh, and what, what other people's sense of style and their, their style icons right. are? Right. That is where the fine line of being a, you know, boutique shop owner comes um, there are some, you know, there may be some owners that come in and they are really great with business side or just listening to customers. And there's some owners I feel like, um, that can come in, they have the sense of fashion first, and then they decided to go into the business side of it. So it's really fun to be able to talk to both sides of, you know, owners that I know that, right. you know, we've collaborated together. Um, for me on mine, obviously I had fashion and then I came into business. And sure. so there are times that I have to look at a piece and be like, I would wear that. I would wear that. But for some reason, it just doesn't fit into the shop. Hmm. And it could be just a sixth sense. Um, it could also just be knowing now what sells and what doesn't. Right. And how much of that's intuitive versus your accounting nature to, exactly. to want to track. Exactly. Um, there's some pieces, you know, that are okay to take risk on. And that also uh, depends how do we market it? You know, like, do we take a little bit extra marketing since we know this piece is a little bit more of a standout? Do we pull it for a lot of our customers to try to get it in front of them more? Um, but ultimately... My shop is built on elevated, sophisticated, clean, fun at times. You know, like the dress I'm wearing is very still fun, but it's also very, you know, clean and, right. and more mature. And so I have to, uh, I use kind of that basis when I pick things out. I probably would wear 50% of what's in the shop. Okay. So, and a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I could not own a boutique. I would keep everything. And I'm like, <laughs> weirdly enough, I don't. I think I maybe have five pieces in my closet from the time I began. Really? Yeah. I, part of it is you see it as money. I mean, that's, sure. that's you know, the business side of it, but right. also it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I keep it within my style, but also I have to give it to where 
other people can be able to go forward with it. Well, there's a practicality. You talked before yes. about versatility, and I, th- I think perhaps that's <laughs> ever more important right now is, is people try and stretch budgets and these sort of things to, to say, okay, I want to make sure that, that the pieces I get are pieces that are usable and that are wearable. Right. Uh, and I, w- I would think that versatility would be more important now than ever. It's huge. And, and honestly, that's the basis of the shop is – Every customer that walks in knows what they're going to get. They come to us for a reason. They come to know we have those staple pieces or we have that event where we get a lot of brides. So I try to keep a great bridal selection, but ultimately we're very neutral and you'll, you'll get that staple wardrobe. And so people come knowing that that's what they're going to get. Um, and so that's the, you know, that's the eyesight that I have to see it through. A lot of times the pieces that I've also picked out are pieces are based off the pieces I already own. Okay. Um, you know, I always will get a lot of compliments on a shirt or a dress. And I'm like, you know what? I need to s- figure out if I can find something mm-hmm. similar to add to the shop. So, you know, sometimes I don't keep it because I already kind of have something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there, we're, we're huge on versatility and we're huge on being able to invest in that wardrobe. There are trends that we, if we do a trend, it's going to be in a more classic way, but we really want you to be able to keep a piece for years to come. We're your foundation that if you want to go have a trendy piece, you know, whether it's a colorful blazer or whether it's fun pants or something, our pieces will be able to be the foundation for that. You can nice. pair it with it. Um, and there's a lot of other places that you can definitely go get that at. Um, Memphis has so many amazing options for sure um so but we we really categorize ourselves in like the versatility clean neutral lines so how does that inform then who your typical customer is yes so our age range it varies because we're carrying classics um i usually like to say 25 to you know up. okay <laughs> um you know your 60s 25 to 60s and There are pieces that I will buy for younger crowds and there's pieces I know that, you know, the 40 to 60 range will love more so than the 20 and 30 year olds. Okay. Um, So I try to keep a really great range, but at the same time, the way that we have to market and the way we have to style, my sales associates and my stylists have to be able to tell, have to be able to hold up a shirt and be able to tell, you know, a 50 year old how to style it, but also be able to tell a 30 year old how to style it. Well, that's kind of an interesting challenge too, particularly in this day and age of how you're handling staffing uh, to be able to find those people that, that have that eye and have that passion uh, to be able to, to give people the advice they need. Yes. I've been lucky. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very grateful that I've um, ha- always have had amazing employees and somehow, some way, Whenever I've needed someone, someone wonderful shows up. And that, <laughs> that is a blessing. Yes, that is, it's a huge blessing for me. And it is difficult to have to try to find somebody. You know, I, I keep a high expectation of how I want our experience to go, as well sure. as being able to know how to style. And I think just because of how the shop is set up and how we've, evolved our marketing and what we've become known for that it maybe just attracts the person that would want to work there. And I think they already kind of know what we're looking for. So I know that whoever walks in, they're aware at least of the the standards that we need for them to be able to work there because people come there to be styled. Um, it's not just a simple, you know, 
walk in, find that, you know, cute, trendy dress or something. It's, it's a place where we want people to experience, to be styled, to be heard. We're going to build that wardrobe or that event that you need it for. That's, that's hard to find anymore. Yeah. Well, trying to, trying to bring it. Trying to bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that, that personal touch. of, of yes. uh, And again, because it requires so many different elements of being able to have that eye, being able to to uh, traverse different age ranges, different uh, different purposes of, of uh, you know, am I, am I a working woman? Am I a, a stay-at-home mom? Yeah. Uh, and we have... Um, we've, somewhere in between. Yeah, ex- exactly. And, and the great thing is, like, we have different... Um, Things that we offer that are different for Memphis. We have a subscription box that I style myself and oh, you can cool. have a quiz and you and you get to talk with me personally. And so I get to know who you are, what you're looking for. I send those pieces to you. If they don't work back, you just send them back. Oh, how much fun. Yeah. And then we also have styling appointments. So like if you are someone who hate shopping or doesn't have the time for it and either you're a working mom or or you're a stay-at-home mom or you're just got a job or whatever it may be um we have those we have stylists including me on hand that you can book an appointment with and we will pre-pull and we will stay on you for an hour and so we try to really experience is huge for me Sure. No, that's, a, that's a truly pampered experience. Yes. Yes, it is. And it's, you know, the, each one, like the appointment is only $10 and the subscription box only 15 So it's, you know, ultimately to, to be able to feel like you're heard. It's, you know, it's that's invaluable. Absolutely. And so that's essentially what I wanted to bring to the shop is experience was just really big for me. And I think that's what the lasting impression. Sure, you get great clothes and that's always going to be something that you'll love but i think ultimately an experience is what makes the impression well i think that that's what's gonna gonna create a long-term viability uh and and growth for your store is you know you you certainly can handle the online you've got the subscription box and that sort of thing for those that that enjoy being able to receive a package at home and yet i think there's something so lost in that of the interpersonal experience and and having somebody else's eye to say hey that's good on you that not quite as that's almost yeah. there, but not quite. Let me let me suggest this. Right. And in a way that it's, that's hard to tell looking online that you can't tell textures. You can't uh, that you can't always see uh, true color and this sort of thing on, yeah. online. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously I was online for three years, which is which is great. And and I really uh, our branding and our photography was my number one priority. It's what I spent you know most of the finances on, obviously, to because that's the only way to show it. And we live in an online world, you know, like social media, but I think it's so important to be able to come in and have that experience and feel the piece, see how it fits on you. Let us be able to help you. Um, And you may be super stylish and you may know what you love, but there's some pieces that like, we're going to encourage you to try on because on a hanger, it may not look great, but we know that on people, it's been looking fantastic. And, you know, sometimes we'll push you to in a kind way, sure. <laughs> in a kind way out of your comfort zone, you know, or just be like, just give it a try. If you don't love it, no pressure, you sure. know, but you may absolutely love it. And not out of 10 times, it, they do. And it's great. And we want to just be able to provide that. Um, That's so much fun. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you mentioned again an online presence and you certainly have a yes. brick and mortar presence. Why don't you tell people how they can find you? 
Absolutely. So we're located at 715 South Mendenhall. We're in that new Williamsburg Village development. I'm in between Crumble Cookie and Torchies. So you can grab a taco and a cookie. (laughs) And we are online at www.shelbyjewel.com. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at Shop Shelby Jewel. Fantastic. Well, tell me a little bit about uh, then as we get into the business side of things, what advice would you give to somebody? You're you're a young person in business. Mm-hmm. What would you advise to somebody else in their 20s starting thinking about starting a business? Sure. That's a loaded question. <laughs> um, or there's a lot of answers to it. Ultimately, I believe having safe people around you, mentors, a support group that you're able to get advice from. Mm-hmm. Um, research with, vent to, be able to have you step out of your own perspective and get those options. I think that's been incredibly huge for me. I have, I've, I, since I've lived in Memphis my whole life, I'm able to have gotten to know um, wonderful store owners or business owners, and they're some of them have become my safe people to be able to bounce ideas off of or frustrations or like, what do I do in this Mm -hmm. moment? You know, um, my mother-in-law is incredible. She is, has been a businesswoman her entire adult life and she's phenomenal. What, What line of work was she in? She was, um, she was at FedEx. She was the senior vice president of marketing there. Oh, fantastic. And, but she bounced around to all those different, you know, she was there right when FedEx was getting started. So she bounced around and she, she just truly has a gift for it on top of being the, one of the most kind people you will ever meet in your life. And that's such a wonderful thing to be able to say about an in-law. <laughs> yes. It, both, both my father-in-law and mother-in-law are incredibly business bound and they are so kind and they believe in me and, you know, having those people who are safe and supportive are sure. huge for you. My husband is like, go live your dreams. And he like, and having friends who will come support ultimately having a group like that is, is huge. And it doesn't necessarily have to be your spouse or your in-laws or whatever, but you know, it needs you, to be somebody. It needs to be somebody. And, and more than one somebody. Exactly. It, it, it helps to have a key person, but but it really does, uh, at the risk of being tried about it, it does take a, take a village to, to get really support. Does. And the different perspectives <laughs> that you need to uh, to have success, that each person's perspective brings some value. It doesn't necessarily yes. mean that they know the exact path you should take. Right. Um, but it gives you food to chew on. Exactly. I remember doing the blog with Bailey and we were doing it on, it was, um, women's history month. And she had asked me, you know, is there any, um, setbacks or anything that you feel or a challenge of being a woman in business? And I said, ultimately for me, no, the biggest challenge is that I'm young. Right. Um, you know, there are some people that could, take advantage because you're young or, you know, they may believe you're naive. Um, and I do know I'm young and I'm okay with that. Um, that's why I also have safe people around me who have experience, but I think there's also a, a feeling of knowing I was given this gift. I was, this is, this is where I was led in my season of life right now. Um, and I have to believe in that. I have to trust my gut that 
I still know, I still understand what I'm doing, you right. know? Um, the, the essence of who you are is the essence of who you are. It transcends yeah. what season of life you happen to be in. Exactly. And enables you too, I think, to, uh, I, I look at it with uh, with folks that I've got who work with me, young, old, male, female, this sort of thing. Each sure. one has its own advantages. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's seizing it while it's time. I'm, I'm quick to tell the younger people that I've got you know, Take advantage of that. People, the, yes. uh, the older people are happy to pour into those folks in a way that they might not by the time you're at a peer level age to them. Exactly. Uh, and so great. Take that. That is a wonderful advantage that people want to be kind and they want to bend over and give bend over backwards to help somebody uh, be able to succeed. Yeah. Use that. They're, that their females want to help other females. They're males that, that see that sometimes females have been underrepresented or realize some of the some of those are more understanding and realize some of the challenges in that, too. And yeah. and 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 do that. And it, it's also true. The converse is true on the on the yes. male side of things. Find some find some guys that want to support you. Find uh, find women that give you different perspectives in there and that strengthen you and embolden you. Uh, that that each one of those things has a great advantage. Exactly. I think that's what's so great about my husband and I's relationship is that we with both owning businesses. Yeah. I'm a female and he's a male. Sure. And. Being able to bring an issue or a situation or business advice and hearing how we both would read, like we would, we're able to collaborate on that. And I'm able to bring, you know, whatever female side, and then he's able to bring whatever male side. And, you know, sometimes mine's more emotional or sometimes his is more emotional. You know, like it's, it's great to see that we all go through the same thing, but we each have our own personalities because Absolutely. the same conversation I may have with him maybe and in his reaction may be different than my father-in-law's. You know, my father-in-law is very much like you are young take advantage of that. Right. You know, if you make mistakes, this is the time to make them because you have your whole life in front of you to be able to grow onto that. And there is no right. permanent record that there's a, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a black mark. It's really, where did you go through? What did you go yeah. through? And the people that are greatly successful uh, will always tell you that they, they could tell you about the number of failures. That, oh, yeah. That, that doesn't ever make the headline. Exactly. Uh, and that's fine. We all, we all like the headline to be that we came out on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it's, 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 part of the game too of, of learning is. and learning the hard way but I think you're wise too to surround yourself with mentors that can give you a shortcut that sometimes exactly. a wise person you know uh, a yes. wise person can learn through other people's experiences and other people's hard times yes yeah so on the other end of um, I'm young but I also know I don't have the experience or the wisdom as somebody who's lived you know even maybe five more years than me you know five years can contains a lot um and so there was a time in my life when I was when I was younger that I did not want to hear anybody's advice to me I want to be like I want to do this on my own I have something to prove right. and now that I'm 28 which is still very young I'm I'm just realizing that why am I not taking all this advice People are just throwing free advice at me. Uh, Take right. it, you know? Right. And as I said, there's a limited time in your life that people will do that exactly. for you. Take take advantage of it. it it's it's hard because the things that that uh, sometimes make uh, younger people great entrepreneurs is that they're not locked into it's got to be this way because it's always been done this way. Yes. Yet we can also lean too far the other way on that mm -hmm. and think, 
I have this new path and you just don't understand right. you're, you're okay boomer yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and not, <laughs> and not, uh, and not want to listen to that instead of saying, okay, how do I take that? How do I synthesize that? It, it doesn't mean necessarily that their path is the right path and mine is wrong. Right. Maybe there's something to be gleaned from that. And how yes. do I graph that on to, to, to where I'm going? Yeah. I don't have to take on everybody's experience and be like, okay, well that's how mine is going to go. You know, I think just being able to, use that intuition of what you can take from that will be huge. Um, And there are things you're going to try. I think the biggest thing that I've learned just this year alone that I'm trying to work on is the fear of failure Hmm. and to just, what's the worst that can happen if it fails? I'm still okay. (laughs) I still have myself. I still have my husband, you know, I still have my family and my friends. Like I'm ultimately be okay. And I think that's helped me significantly this year as I go through whatever challenges the economy brings or staffing or, or customer view, whatever it may be. I'm just like, I'm, I will be okay. Well, sure. And it, it changes your perspective too. I, I, I always love Churchill's things on, on, you know, fear and on failure. And, and, you know, he's, he was fond of saying failure is never final. Yeah. And, and, you know, when they say, well, you're, you're so fearless, uh, Sir Winston, you know, how do you, how is it that you have no fear? He said, it's not that I have no fear. It's that I act as if I had no fear. Right. And that it, he basically acknowledges his fear and he presses on anyway. Right. Exactly. Um, which I think is huge as a young person starting out you know, there's this huge fear of failure. Um, you know, you, I don't have all the answers. I think anybody who starts a business will never have all the answers. Well, no. And we've been locked in, I think, you know, particularly when you're younger, you've been locked in in a college education where there was a a right answer and there was a wrong answer and there was a way to do it, but there was also a maximum. You could, if you achieved a 4.0, that was the best you could get. You've, you've maxed out and that you've, you've perfected it. You, you've, figured out the system you figured out how to do it and life doesn't work that way it's hard to get out (laughs) it's hard to get out there and realize by the way you know the the there's not that safety net underneath me and yet the flip side is there's there's not a ceiling either yes which is also a a point that i so encourage college students to go get internships so that you can go learn that real world um lesson do you take on any interns? Oh, we do. Yes. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm very big about um, the learning that real world um, perspective. There's only so much you can learn in a classroom. Like, and you want to go, you know, put it out there. And for me also, I don't feel like I had somebody to be able to come along me and be like, this is what this is what you need to do. Like if you wanted to start a boutique or if you wanted to start a business at all, I love being able to pour into those people and be like, I'm here. If you need any answers or if you have any questions, like I, I want to teach you so that you're not slapped in the face with reality once you right. leave college. You right. know? It's, it's fun to be a springboard for somebody else's dreams and to, and to give it them is. that support yeah. structure. It is. I love being able to encourage it or have them figure out what they're good at and what they're not. You know, I had a intern that became my marketing director for a whole year, wow. but she was in fashion merchandising. And I don't think she really realized how much she loved marketing and graphic design until she was my marketing intern for it. And now she's on her own doing self-contracted work for 
so many other businesses, which is amazing. That's you know, cool. And that's what internships are all about is figuring out what you're good at, what you're not, what you love, what you don't. Well, for those interns that would like to seek out a cool opportunity or for customers, how, how again would they find you? <laughs> um, you can find us online at www.shelbyjewel.com or on our Instagram or Facebook at Shop Shelby Jewel. And then we're located 715 South Minden Hall in the new Williamsburg Village, right in between Crumble and Torchies. Cool. You talked a little bit about uh, marketing before and all that. And what what do you consider to be your brand position? And, and, and how are you trying to get that brand established? We really like to try to be in between what's trending and creating our own path, which I think is a lot of brands. But for me, because I was online, marketing was huge for me. It's all I had, you know, like I'm, I don't have a storefront for people to drive by and be like, Oh, what is that? It took all marketing and social media. And I think ultimately we set a tone. We figure out the tone that we want to set. We have those keywords that we keep our perspective and our brand through. And sometimes then we just have fun and take risks. You know, we do 95% of what we want to do. And then 5% of, well, let's take that risk and see if it works out for us. You know, is it going to gain us new followers? Is it going to show something a different way? Are we going to get a new customer just because of that? So there's... A fine line that we have to follow, but we have a high standard on what we want to put out. We have an aesthetic we want to follow. And I ultimately think it just sets the tone for the brand. For me, I want our what we present marketing, whether it's print or whether it's online, to reflect how you feel and what you see when you walk into the store. It needs to be cohesive. It's so important to me that my brand is cohesive and that people know that shall be Joel. Absolutely. It's tough to find that tough to find that plumb line. Yes. Yes, it is. But you know, we Although once you, once you know it, you and you know who you are, you know what right. the you know what the soul of your of, yes. of, of your uh, your store, your business is, it becomes easier because again it becomes it becomes a little bit intuitive. It's it's uh you know the secret service when they train them how to recognize counterfeit bills. Yeah. They don't show them counterfeit bills. Right. They lock them in a room for for the weekend with real bills and magnifying glasses and they have them touch it and they know it. And by the time they know it backwards and forwards, they recognize a counterfeit because anything that's not real, that's not exactly on our plumb line. Yes. Is it. And I, I would think that, that uh, that's true in, in, in businesses and especially a business like yours as well. Yes. I think if I can, if I look at something and I have the feeling like this is Shelby Joel, <laughs> you know, it's. Like you said, it's intuitive. Um, it's also, you know, a brand I built on my own at one point, and I'm going to know what I want, and I'm going to know what I don't want, you know. Um, but it's kind of like counterfeit bills. It's, you know, I can tell you what I want, um, and if I see something that isn't that, I'm going to know it's not for our brand. Um, but I also... I also think it's important that I have somebody, I have a creative director who's amazing and she also has a gift of creativity. And so there's a part of me that I have to step 
back out of my tunnel vision and be able to see what she can offer. And she's the one looking at social media. She's the one who's looking at marketing and the trends of everything. And I have to be able to trust her with that too. And so if she ends up wanting to try new things and we can see how people are doing it, even though it may like make me feel tense and be like, okay, this isn't what I'm used to, but I hired her. For that, you know, and, you know, we just figure out together what's working and what's not. And ultimately, if I'm like, that's I think I think we're good on that one, you know, Um, being able to be open to that is really important, too. So what are the future plans for Shelby Jewel? (laughs) Um, You know, I try to not think so far into the future. Um, I think there are things that I can have cooking up, you know? Um, But I think sometimes for us, it's taking it one day at a time because we are new and we have to figure out what's working and what's not. Um, We work with an awesome Memphis brand called Beg and Borrow that, you know, we are developing with them and we keep going up different tiers. And so, um, you know, things like that is really cool to be able to, highlight Memphis. We have a couple different Memphis brands in our shop, actually, which is really cool. Um, You know, there are some things that we, I don't know, will pop in my head one day. But ultimately, I just want to keep on giving the Memphis community the experience that we're trying to build. Ultimately, my goal is just to have people come in and experience that. Um, You know, we'll have events and we have... Maybe new things or new services that we'll offer, but you know, sometimes when you've been pushing so long, sometimes the next day is all you can think about. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and sometimes this was best to think about. It's sometimes yeah. easy to get lost, uh, lost in the clouds, and then sixteen steps ahead rather than what do we need to do today? Exactly. Exactly. Well, you touched on it a little bit uh, as as well, talking about uh, local brands and that sort of thing you're working with. And uh, we always like to ask folks, uh, and and particularly as a native Memphian, yes, what makes Shelby Jewel uniquely Memphis? I think it's just the love for the city that we have. I'm very, very proud to be from here. It's just in my blood. I never wanted to leave. I love it here. I love what our city offers. And I'm very proud to be able to have my storefront in Memphis. Whenever I tell a vendor, you know, our shipping address, I love being like Memphis, Tennessee. You know, (laughs) I don't know why. It's, It's the home I grew up in. And I think ultimately every employee that also works for me has a love for the city mm-hmm. and we want to be able to do what we can for it. Regarding even in the fashion movement, we want to push people in Memphis to be more fashion for it and to be okay with it and to feel comfortable to be able to do that. And I think slowly Memphis has been able to do that. You know, we have Eric Creative who does Memphis Fashion Week and we have new shops that are coming up and I think it's just becoming, we have, and we even have new restaurants and new, you know, rooftop bars that are allowing Memphis to be able to grow and be a really, really cool city. We were really cool before, but you know, it's so fun to be able to see it grow and evolve into this fun place that when people who come into town, I'm able to give them like this awesome list of places (laughs) to go and, and be able to 
I, I really just want to be able to give back to that. Fashion is, of course, my passion. And so that's where I'm, that's my industry. And that's where I really want to push Memphis for. And so I'm, the love that I have for the city and the people is, goes really, really deep. I love that. I love that. Well, we want to thank our guest, Shelby Jewel Tucker, Shelby Jewel. Visit our store at 715 South Mendenhall Road for unique yet essential fashion pieces. Tune in for more local business spotlights and stories of businesses that are uniquely Memphis right here on The Profit Link Up. Thanks, Shelby. Thank you.